Listener Production. Wall Street celebrates as the latest inflation figures come in below the market's expectations. And Aussie shares expected to begin this week on the front foot. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Monday the 31st of July. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, what a night to end the week on last Friday. Of course, a trading week is never out of the way until we've seen the Wall Street session completed. But better than expected, inflation figures put US stocks at ease. We had the NASDAQ up by 1.9%, the S&P 500 rose by 1%, and the Dow Jones was up by a half of 1%. And I suppose this is the most pleasing aspect of all. We saw a drop in long and short-term interest rates. So two-year government bonds or two-year treasuries in the US down by five basis points to 4.88%, and a 10-year treasury note down by six basis points to 3.96%. Tell us, Ryan, what was the nucleus for this improvement where bonds and stocks were concerned? Well, I was going to mention, Tom, about Carlton being Collingwood. Oh, so, Ryan, there are people who are still probably trying to catch up on the week's sport and you've wrecked it for that them. That was but... two days ago, mate. <laughs> if they haven't caught up by now, they're a little bit behind the eight oh, ball. Oh, but... look, whilst, let's not judge. People are busy. Um, but yes, it was something to celebrate, that's for sure. And that kind of does dovetail into our discussion on the U.S. economy because Carlton's comeback I'm is a bit like the segue, yeah. U.S. economy at the moment. So people are fairly sanguine about the possibility of inflation being under control and the U.S. economy avoiding inflation. So we've got this Goldilocks scenario at the moment where we saw the personal consumption expenditure deflator. And if you take out volatile food and energy components, that rose by 0.2% in June. And that took the annualised growth number down to 4.1%. That's the smallest advance since September 2021, down from 4.6% in May. So what we're still continuing to see is those base effects from a year ago, which we've talked about. Those food commodity prices are back at levels seen prior to Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February 2022. So broadly, we are seeing a moderation in inflation, which is great news. Still got a lot of wood to chop, as you would say, Tom. We're a long way from the Fed's 2% target range for its preferred measure, but heading in the right direction. Then on top of that, we did see personal consumption or spending up by 0.5%. That exceeded expectations in June, and that represents about two-thirds of the US economy. So good numbers there. Consumer confidence at the highest level since October 2021 in July. And then wages growth. So the employment cost index rose by 1% in the June quarter. And we have seen a a bit of a moderation in that measure as well. That was below the market's expectations. So you know, if you're using one of those old poker machines where you get a couple of fruits that line up and, you know, you get three outcomes there, a trifecta, better wages outcomes, uh, consumer confidence improving and a lowering of inflation, that is a triumvirate that every investor hopes for. Whilst the US stocks were strong on Friday, I suppose we're now cheek by jowl with the last moments of the month. And when you compare the performances of the indices over the course of the month. It's been quite impressive, Ryan. The S&P 500 is up by almost 4%. The NASDAQ is up by a similar amount. That is uh, not a bad outcome under the circumstances, is it? Really good outcome. And we did see the S&P 500 close at its highest level since April the 4th, 2022. We saw most of the 11 major S&P 500 sectors post gains on Friday, as well as seeing quite strong numbers in the US when it comes to consumer confidence and 
certainly economic growth and the like and, and the economic outlook in general, we are seeing the earnings season also suggesting the economy is on a solid footing as well. So tech firms in the United States are talking less about recession, more about artificial intelligence, as you'd expect this earnings season. But they are signaling that companies are increasingly optimistic about a soft economic landing. Nearly half of the NASDAQ's 100 firms have reported their results, and executives are less frequently using words like headwinds, inflation and recession in calls with, with investors. You compare that to the previous earnings season, yeah. and last year it's a big difference. I suppose a more refined measure of what's happening in the tech space is what's happening with the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. And in monthly terms, that index is up 6.5% thanks to gains of around 13% for NVIDIA, Qualcomm's up 10%, Intel up by about 9%. In year-to-date terms, that index is up by 52%. Wow. So contrast that with the performance of uh, the banks. You know, the KBW Banking Index has still had a good month. It's up by about 11% in month-to-date terms. Your marquee names like Wells Fargo, JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley are all up by about 8%, but some of the most improved uh, names are those ones that were the worst performers several months ago. Well, as you mentioned, the KBW Regional Index, the banks, that was up 5.1% last week. Regional lenders posted their longest streak of weekly gains since March 2021, bolstered by a merger deal for PacWest Bank Corp. So we are seeing some improvements in that regional banking space and Really, there's quite a lot of euphoria in the share market space at the moment, it isn't is. there? Is it euphoria? What's interesting to note within all of that has been the trajectory for bond yields over the course of the month. So at the beginning of the month, they were quite elevated. They were around the highs of the month. So in the case of a two-year Treasury note, closer to 4.1%, then they dipped towards uh, the middle of the month. They made their lows, and then they've just been gradually moving higher since. So... What's valuable here, I suppose, is that we have got something of a high watermark for the interest rates for the moment, at least. So in the case of a two-year, it's uh, just above 5%. In the case of a 10-year, it's just above 4%. So if something happens and those treasury yields start threatening those highs, then you know that that's the point in time where you need to be a little more careful around the, the stock picture if you're trading on a more short-term basis, I suppose. The move downwards in US Treasury yields really represents markets getting to grips with the expected moderation in inflation, the peak in the interest rate cycle, which appears imminent. And then overlaying all this is the fact that we've seen a couple of overseas developments which may affect the US Treasury market as well. So what we did see on Friday was the Bank of Japan out and about and it's decided to conduct its yield curve control with greater flexibility. And what's meant by that is the Bank of Japan has been dovish for years, and really what we have seen there is yield curve control introduced. It's a policy that sees central banks target an interest rate level, and then they buy and sell bonds as necessary to achieve that target. The target currently is 0% yield on the 10-year government bond, and they tweaked that a little bit on Friday. We have seen concerns in the US Treasury market. We did see a bit of a bid for US Treasuries at one stage on Friday, and they did benefit from that move by the Bank of Japan to allow the country's interest rates to rise more freely in line with increasing inflation. And there were some concerns around the fact that there may be some buying of Japanese debt and preference to US Treasuries. So there was a little bit of a bid there at one stage. The other thing to note, Tom, interestingly, and it's a bit of a digression here, 
something that's going on in emerging markets. Now, we don't talk about what's going on in countries like Brazil and Chile and the like very often, but Chile's central bank cut its benchmark interest rate by 100 basis points on Friday to 10.25%. So that interest rate is eye-watering, of course. What we have seen is the central banks in Latin America in particular look to ease quite sharply their interest rates after they lifted them very strongly. They've been the most aggressive. And we have seen the slowing in inflation take place. So inflation in Chile is at 7.6%, still very high, but of course down from its peaks of 11.25%. On Wednesday, the Brazilian central bank comes out. It's expected to cut its interest rates by 25 basis points. Uh, What we have seen is Uruguay cut interest rates aggressively too. So we're looking potentially that emerging markets are easing. We're potentially going to see developed markets ease next year so markets are looking at this at the same time. So just quickly, as we indicated, the SPY futures are up by about a third of a percent. So we'll get off to a reasonable start this morning as to whether or not that will be maintained. There are a few important outcomes, which we'll get to in a moment. But commodity prices did quite well, Ryan, at the end of last week, probably helped by a moderation in the US dollar. Brent and NYMEX light sweet crude oil up in the order of two-thirds to close to a percent. The European benchmark at $84.99 US a barrel. Gold futures firmed by 0.8 of a percent or $14.70 to $1,960 US dollars per ounce. Uh, copper futures were up by a little over a percent. Aluminium futures did quite well also. Today, commodity prices will be firmly in focus, Ryan, with Chinese PMI figures. I would say for everyone's money, that's probably the most important outcome to look at. Absolutely. Around lunchtime, we're expecting these numbers. As everyone knows, manufacturing activity has been under enormous pressure with a slowdown in goods demand in particular. But services is where the key focus is. We need to see some evidence that the services sector in China is expanding, consumers spending, and we have seen some policy noise out of China recently, but of course they're still focusing on deleveraging the property sector. So the confidence of consumers remains subdued in China. Unemployment, particularly for youth, remains high. And really the services When you say sector, high, it's like 22%. 20% record high, so not good. And, and really at the end of the day, uh, what we need to see is more significant stimulus from China to get the services sector moving. Indeed. So that will be something to look out for. Uh, Let's just quickly reflect on the fortunes of this week. It's hard to go past the Reserve Bank decision tomorrow. This is as mysterious as any decision we've seen in recent times, I'd say. It's probably one of the more difficult ones to predict. Uh, The market is of the mind that we could potentially see a pause, Ryan. Well, the market, if you look at traders' pricing at the moment, what we're seeing is the likelihood of a pause. Traders are expecting the Reserve Bank will hold its cash rate at 4.1% for a second straight month on Tuesday. That's on the back of the quarterly headline inflation rate coming in below expectations at 6%. Retail sales we saw on Friday down 0.8%. So what that suggests is that we are seeing the effect of those interest rate hikes on consumers at last. And of course, at the same time, We are seeing the majority of economists, including ourselves, expecting a rate hike of 25 basis points to ensure the tight labour market doesn't fuel wage growth while price gains, however, effectively twice the central bank's target levels at the moment. So if you look at the the core number, 5.9% annualised, services inflation is over 6%. That indicates that there's still more work for the Reserve Bank to do. We think that's the path of least regret. And, And certainly on the flip side to that, of course, 
we are seeing monetary policy more restrictive, retail sales or spending weakening, cost of living pressures mounting, and we have seen some weakness in job vacancies and business conditions despite the unemployment rate at 3.5%. It seems a very difficult position to justify pausing it with inflation still uh, remaining as hot as it is at present. So a fascinating outcome uh, to define what the RBA's mindset is like going forward. They have an opportunity here to uh, live up to the claim that they are inflation fighters. Let's see what they do. The Aussie dollar is trading at 66.5 US cents. Ryan, any closing thoughts from you? We also get data on private sector credit today and the Melbourne Institute releases its monthly inflation gorge, which will be Closely looked at, Linus Rare Earths and Origin Energy released production results. Zip hosts an investor meeting today. We've got the Matildas in their do-or-die game against Canada, so good luck to the Tillies tonight. Go to Tillies and have a great day. Thanks for your company this morning. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.